are listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five step power pathway that takes you from people pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim and today I have Whitney with me, another guest. I'm so excited for our conversation. I was on her podcast a while back and we just connected, we vibed and it was a great enriching conversation. So I know today will be as well. But as always, I will begin with the quote. And the quote is one that you provided for us, Whitney, which is how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And that's by Annie Dillard. Wow. First, before you introduce yourself, just tell me and the audience why you why that quote resonates with you. It's beautiful. Thank you, Kim. I'm excited to be here. There are a million reasons why that quote resonates with me, but I'd say top of mind is women get so used to living in this small box and they think they're waiting for some big external event to change and shoot them into this life and shoot them into taking up more space and living with more fun and expression but it's not something that's coming for them. It's their opportunity to step into this possibility and claim more for themselves. And in my experience, it starts with kind of small shifts in our everyday living and claiming that for ourselves and making sure that you're not in that mode where you have to escape your life with vacation. You know, like my goal and the women I work with I want you to feel like excited in your everyday lives because that's where you, that's where the living is, right? <laughs> mm. Oh my God. Okay. Let's just stop recording right now. Mic drop. We don't need to say anything else. <laughs> that was so freaking profound. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. You can tell this conversation is going to be good. Absolutely. Totally agree with you and with that quote. So you mentioned a minute ago that you help women and want to help women to feel more alive in their everyday. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What makes you feel so alive in your everyday life? Yes. Well, again, um, Whitney Baker and I'm founder of Electric Ideas. This is a heart-based company that I started that's completely dedicated to lighting women up with a sense of possibility. Electric Ideas was born from my own very long-term struggles over time and everything I went through um, to reclaim and come home to a sense of self, especially after um, leaving a very stressful corporate environment, losing that sense of identity while navigating having two daughters under 14 months. So it was a messy time and I did a lot of things that I know we'll probably get into to come home to myself. And I really don't want women to suffer the way I suffered. Mm -hmm. So I do workshops and masterminds right now with my company 
totally dedicated to women. And then I also host a podcast, Electric Ideas, which I loved having you on. And that's all about conversations with other women about um, what's worked for them or their ideas for how women can come home to themselves. And so it's been amazing. That's awesome. So you just said you worked in a corporate job and you said it was stressful. So tell us, were there any masks that you wore either during that job or even just as a mom or just any part of your life? And do you still wear them? Do they still come back and come on from time to time? And what steps have you maybe taken to try to take those masks off? That's a beautiful question. And so many, so many things come to mind, but one of one, the thing that came up immediately is I was one of those women who, um, I had a little bit of a background. I'd graduated, um, with my master's degree during the economic downturn. So it was already kind of like, I was waiting for this big blast off in my career and it didn't happen then. And I went through transitioning and finally felt like I had my footing and I'd built up my career. So when I went to, when I started having kids, especially two that were so close together, I kind of started in this people pleasing mode because I was the first person to be hired in a global marketing agent agency post-economic downturn. So I feel like now that I have the, you know, reflective lens, you know, Mm -hmm. I realized that I started out just like working so hard to prove myself because I felt like I had, I had, I had to um, please everyone. Like I was the lucky enough to get a job, even though I obviously am a hard worker and has so much value. And that came up. I think when you have children, in my opinion, it exacerbates patterns that are already there and already latent for me. And I went from, I tried everything to, to claim the balance with my kids, but I real when I had kids, Um, But I realized that I went through this mask of, of just needing to prove that I had it all together, that I could do everything that, and that was a a major people pleasing that I really didn't, could not digest or have the right lens on at that time. Totally. I think you also just named too, is the perfection, like they go hand in hand, the people pleaser and the perfection mask for sure. And that makes total sense that you felt like you had to prove yourself in this world and you worked really hard to make sure that they could see you. And it always baffles me, or I I don't even know what the word is, but just that we feel, because what underpins that is that you didn't feel worthy, not just you, but any of us who wear the people pleaser mask, that we don't feel worthy enough just as is like just the fact that you are a hard worker isn't always enough it's like you have to please and perfect and perform and I don't know if you did this but like say yes to multiple things when it was really not a yes for you but you said it because you were trying to earn your way and prove yourself in this company I don't know if any of that was was there any flavor of that going on there's definitely some threads there. I um I think it's helpful maybe to share because I, I think that there's going to be women that are in my boat of I just felt like very much I was passionate. I felt called to do more. I wanted to work in a capacity, but I also wanted to be an amazing mom, right? And so I felt like there's 
it is hard. It's hard to do it all. But I went from, I negotiated with my company and I was, they, they were, they worked like I was kind of a thought I was a trailblazer. Cause they let me go down to five days. Then when I had my second daughter, I was one of the first women internationally that they let work in this agency three days. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I have it made now. I'm showing women, you can do it all. And it was awful. Mm. It was worse yeah. because I couldn't do, I wasn't on any of the like best projects at work mm. and my boundaries, this is where I was going with back to your question about people pleasing. My boundaries just got murkier and murkier because I was so eager to prove that I could do it all and be it all with these, this three day arrangement, three days at work, two days at home that I drove myself nuts. I would answer calls and work in odd pockets. Like one person would be sleeping and I just felt completely unsettled and just more dissatisfied when I thought here, I was going to air quotes, have it all. Mm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So was that your first lens of the people pleaser mask or can you go back in time to an even younger age when you did that kind of people pleasing or perfecting? I definitely, so I, I've reflected on this a lot in my own journey and I think that, so both of my parents were very type A overproducive, overproducers, um, or just like extremely life is full. Um, and then I was the youngest of three. Both of my sisters were valedictorians. Both of my sisters were captain of the tennis team. They know and- more. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> here, I thought that I was an independent thinker and a, uh, you know, the, the artist, the creative kind of, and uh, cause I got two B's and I played soccer instead. Right. Like I thought that. <laughs> um, and so it definitely goes back. Um, it, it's a pattern and, but part of my journey was just thinking that I was above the pattern, even though if I, I, I think that if you look at like how I was raised in the environment, obviously it's, it's complex. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's frustrating for women who think they're independent thinkers to almost feel like they got got by that, you know, like, yeah. But yeah, as early as choosing my college major, I thought I chose a practical major and I know it was because I thought that that was going to please my parents. And it was a big deal for me junior year to be like, sorry, I love learning. I love school. And I'm, I hate going to class. I hate all these classes. And so that was like kind of one of my first indicators that I really needed to trust the emotion. And if something doesn't feel right then it's probably not totally right for me. That was a good lesson. Yeah, that's beautiful because that is so hard for the people pleaser to either A, hear that intuitive voice because everyone else's voice is so loud. And then even if the people pleaser can hear that voice, hear that intuition, like, no, this isn't right for you or do this or do that. It's very hard to act on very hard to act on because I don't know what happened to you with your parents, but if there was the case where you said, you know, mom, dad, I'm not going to go to college or I'm not going to follow this path, then there could be like so much disappointment in you. Right. And we don't want to feel as people pleasers, we don't want to feel other people being displeased or disappointed in us or with us. So it's, 
really, I don't know if any of that went on for you. I think that one of the lessons I've learned is that you are like, you, I have to be in charge of showing up for myself and not worry who that's letting down. Cause if it doesn't feel right for me, then who am I living for? Right. 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 Yeah, no, totally. So that's beautiful. That's then not typical of people pleasers. So I would say if, you know, we were in my, in an office and we were saying, <laughs> no, Wendy, you're not a people pleaser, which is awesome because then, you know, you were talking about helping women to a live life more fully, right? Everyday life, instead of looking for things on the outside, like going on that vacation to feel good, like mm -hmm. how can we as women feel good on the inside just by being, how mm -hmm. can we feel connected to our true essence, to our wholeness so that that permeates every freaking thing we do and it can light up every light up everything that we do so how do you can you walk us through a little bit well two things I want to say can you walk us through your journey of how you did lose yourself mm -hmm. and then you found yourself and what does that mean find yourself to you and then how do you help women to come home to themselves let me start here. So I think just to collapse things a little bit, I think that I've always been a seeker and I just was too young to really understand that that's something to be proud of and embody that I can be, I had this kind of in my mind that I had to be serious in my work and stuff like that. And it couldn't just be playful and beautiful and simple and fun and easy and in flow. That was a little bit of a mask and we can come back, but I felt like it kind of, I had to like work hard. It's a little bit of the, like the Midwest attitude, like prove always in this kind of like prove myself, you know, mode. And I think I, as I just got into a very prove myself mode in an environment with work, that was, um, there's always more work when you work at an agency. Like I learned a ton bless and release everything. I have met some very interesting people. I wouldn't change it because it's who I am, but there's, there's no reward. You just get, get working more. There's more work. You never have the feeling, right? So pile the, all the stressors of having breastfeeding and then breastfeeding again and having two really young children. I just reached a point where I was in survival mode. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was logging on after getting my children to bed to try to figure it was just, I wasn't living. I was responding. Hmm. Right. And so my whole kind of growth came when I finally said, I want to do something more. I'm just feel called. I want to do something more. And I work so hard. That was the mentality there. Like I deserve if I want more, but this is not it. So I think a lot of women I work with have been so busy responding to the water hose of other people's needs, including caregivers, including society, like everything that they forgot to show up for themselves and live from their own center, their own desires, their own wants. So 
I think I had a pinnacle moment. So fast forward a little bit, I was still freelancing and trying to figure out. And I thought my next act was going to be during COVID when my girls were a little over, they're in school. Lo and behold, we had a global pandemic. And during that time, I was still trying to freelance and figure out, I'm like, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to, and I started getting these really good offers and I'd been doing a lot of my self-work. I'd been meditating regularly for more than a year and a half. I'd been journaling. I'd been reclaiming like pieces of myself, hobbies. I'd just been doing these work, this work in tandem. And I had a major, like I had a knowing I started being relieved that I wasn't get that when I'd get turned down, I'd have like a great, like a great conversation. And then they'd be like, oh, you're not a fit. And I'd be like, Shh, I'd be like washed with relief. And I was like, what am I doing? Right. So, yeah, yes, there's all that. I don't know if you want me to pause there. It's a lot. I don't think <laughs> it was a complex question. <laughs> no, you're doing great. I'm resonating. <laughs> So, you know, I had the courage. I I um I had been working with who I thought was a career coach at the time because mm-hmm. I was not I was like I want stronger or I'm ready to get back into the workforce and it more full time and finally it kind of took having that outside mirror to be like are you sure that's what you like you don't seem real pumped about any of these things. <laughs> and I think that I just had the full realization that I was egoically attached to what I'd been doing before and needing to have that external role to feel whole. And I, it, it was in tandem. So it's kind of like that old ego self that was still in the car, but some, somebody new was driving and through all kinds of things, um, I'd really reclaimed a sense of self. And I knew it was time to, to make a powerful change and do my own thing. Oh my God, that is incredible. The ego is a trickster. The (laughs) ego can be such a trickster. And I do know very well that feeling of needing to perform, like you have to be performing, producing, working hard. And if you're not, then somehow something is wrong, like wrong. It's not right. And I will, I grew up watching my mom. She was a hard worker and she was a martyr, but she would go to work all day, whether she was cleaning house or working out at this restaurant. And she would just come home and just collapse like on the couch from exhaustion because she was just working so hard and pushing so hard. And I'm sure that it was about trying to prove or earn or please and you know, just see that I'm doing a good job. Somebody just see how freaking hard I work. Like that is just such a messaging in our society is you got to work, work hard. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that leaves us feeling really empty on the inside. I see it. My daughter is in college. She's 20. And she tells me like, about some of her friends, just how between like sports and how much studying and like hours and hours, stress and stress and stress, you know, what are we doing to our, to our kids? What are we doing? And those are all ways 
of coping. They're all strategies because at the end of the day, it's not okay to just be a human being. Like I say in my TikToks a lot or just on videos that we're human, we're out there being human doings rather than a human being myself included. Like I struggle to just be, if I just sit outside for an hour and just do nothing, sometimes it feels like, Oh my God, this isn't right. You know what I mean? Like I need to be productive. I need to be productive. Where's my list? What do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that so resonates with me. And in terms of things I'm still working on, that has been a lesson, especially because now I can be in a space where I'm staying with even visiting my parents and I will say, I'm going to relax and read my book now. And you guys, you guys finding these tests to do is making me a little like, I can't relax. Can I help you with anything or otherwise? And they're just like, yep, yep. And it's just like, they know now, like I'm going to be meditating outside by myself in the morning and I'm not going to be running around. I, you know, like it's part of, but yes, I, I think that where I am now is just knowing that rest is deeply important to my productivity in terms of like bringing my highest energy and my highest self to those people I want to serve. And I think sometimes we get so bogged down in the day-to-day and they're just in the hustle mode that we might be crossing a lot of things off our list, but if they're not the right things, yeah. I, life is just for the living. Ah, mm. oh, I totally agree. And it's almost as if there's a badge of honor to mm. how productive you can be, which is so effed up, right? Like it's yeah. so messed up. But what you said is that when we have a balance of the work, and the rest and the play, and we have a good self-care plan and we're nourishing ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. Then when we come to the table to create, we'll even call it create instead of work. Then we're creating because we're now in flow, we're balanced, we're in harmony versus the pattern of being a, a perfectionist and producing and blah, blah, blah. That's living a pattern, not living a life. If you are wondering, am I really a people pleaser? Or am I really a perfectionist? I can help you find those answers and discover what you can do about it right now to shift into your power. Or maybe you have an idea that you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist, but you're not sure to what extent you are one. You can find out more by taking the people pleaser and perfectionist quiz. The link is in the show notes. I totally agree. Yeah. So now, so then we can talk about the second half of the question, which was how do you help women to come home to themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think a couple ways that I feel like are potent and simple that women, you know, I, I like to share things that women can kind of try right away, you know, because it's tricky. And I'm sure you've experienced this. Like some of this is things I've learned over the course of years and years and years and years. And so I try to distill it and meet women where they possibly are. Um, I think just a few things, 
especially for your perfectionists who are listening, people always gravitate towards like planners and planning because they want to get more done. Right. Yeah. And I invite them to shift the lens of get more done to planning because I want to be more intentional with what I'm doing. Right. So one of my favorite practices to explore that's really simple is to pick um, a time to rest, a time to play, time to connect. And before I fill my calendar with other things and time to create really, whether create is your work or something else, you know, um, but the create I think of is more like something meaningful. So um, if your work is fueling to you, then scratch that itch. If it's not, then it might be re-exploring a hobby that you're, you're enjoying something like that. Try to look at your calendar and put those things on there first. And you'll be shocked at how many people are not really living in their values. Even though if you ask a lot of women, oh, what, what are your values? They might say family or curiosity or learning. Well, a lot of times I think, um, and I talk about this a lot in my classes, I think that we feel off and out of alignment when our day-to-day lives, to bring it back to the very beginning, don't represent our true heart's calling and our true values. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, I'm thinking about an activity that I did and learned when I went to, it was an event three years ago, 2019. I think it was, oh no, actually it was um, not at an event. It was in a book. Kyle Cease, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but his book, something about money, something or other. But anyway, he had, um, in the book, he had you do an activity where you had to make a list of everything that you do throughout the day, all all the things that you do in a day. And then you had to go through and you had to rank them one through 10. 10 is like, it charges you up. It makes you feel good. One is not at all. So sitting in front of um, the TV, drinking a whole bottle of wine and eating a bag of chips and watching TV for four hours might be a three or two, you know, because it's not for my highest good. But taking a walk along the beach or in nature could be like a 10. So I had to go through my whole day and rank them one through 10. And then take a step back and look at just like you were saying about the calendar, how many eight, nines, and tens are on my list mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. one, twos, and threes? Am I doing mostly one, twos, and threes? That, And then you can go through and do the same thing with the people in your life. Mm-hmm. All the people in your life, even it's like authors, teachers, family members, and do that, rank them. How much of your time are you spending with your eight, nines, and tens versus your one, twos, and threes? Yes. I love, this is exactly the type of, I love, like, this is the type of practice that lights me up because, and I teach a very similar practice called an energy audit. And basically it's just, I like we get on autopilot, yeah, especially as women. And we're just like living to cross things off our list and race from thing to thing. We miss opportunities to drop in. And we also are just in such these habits that we don't give ourselves space for reflection, which that's just that awareness of like, okay, I've gone out to dinner with so-and-so and I felt drained. Like, guess what? You don't have to go out to dinner with them anymore. You know, it just, yeah. that awareness piece is sometimes what's missing in our 
more than ever distracted lives. And so I love that you shared that. That's, that's amazing. Yes. And I'll just add another piece on is that it's so hard though, for the people pleaser. Like you just said, if you go out to dinner, like if I went out to dinner with a friend that I've been friends with for 10 years, let's say, but the relationship is no longer serving me in the same way. It's no longer lighting me up in the same way. I'm not as fulfilled, you know, maybe I've grown, she hasn't grown, but I continue to go out with her and I'm like, ah, oh, that would come home. That just really drained the energy out of me. The people pleaser will really struggle to let go of that relationship because it's not the right thing to do. It's not a nice thing to do. It's even the good girl syndrome. Like a good girl doesn't do that. You know, if you're conditioned that way, like a good girl, you know, you just, you, you put other people's feelings ahead of your own. That's the people pleaser. And so it's really hard to, it can be done, but it's really hard for the people pleaser to cut those things out. Yeah. Well, I think that I'm glad you brought that up because it's making me feel like I can reflect and say that I, I don't think anymore I'm a people pleaser. And I, I, I think that's a mess that I think I threw in the garbage finally, because this is a powerful shift. You are giving away your power. Yeah. Every time you say a no or say a yes, and you mean a no, you're giving away your own power. So if it doesn't, if it's not a full body, hell, yes. It's yep. probably a no. And one of the learnings that has always stuck with stuck with me is, especially relationships are tricky. You don't have to have a big why or explanation. It doesn't have to be messy or fight. I know a lot of people pleasers, I would guess want to avoid conflict. Yes. So my philosophy is you don't need to provide a big excuse. And you can just say, sorry, it's not a fit for me. And maybe if it's someone that you value, but you just don't like the pattern of what you've been doing, think about something else that you could do. Like, maybe you're just like, oh, she always wants to meet for an eight o'clock dinner and I don't like to eat late. And like, think about like, no, uh, you know, I've been trying to do a, a yoga class. Would you like to join me there? Flip on its head a little bit. If it's an important enough relationship that might breathe some new area, but you don't have to give an... I just feel like when people learn that it's a self-betrayal, that's one thing. The other thing is that's always helped me is when you think about all the things, all the beautiful women in your community want to do in their life, every yes is a no to something else. We all have the same amount of time in the day, Yeah. right? And so by choosing to do something that's not really lighting you up repeatedly, right? No one's perfect. Sometimes I, you know, you get caught off guard, like don't beat yeah. yourself up, but by routinely saying yes to things that are not for you, what are you missing out on? What yeah. could you be doing with your one precious, beautiful life day moment that you're not doing because you're giving your power away? Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Don't give your power away, people. <laughs> That's like the message. Okay, so I have five rapid fire questions for you. All right. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite food? Ooh, I would say a mix between California fresh kind of and Thai. Mm, okay. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Right now, Bali. 
Mm, okay. What's your favorite way to take care of yourself? By having a morning routine that allows me to set an intention for my day before I respond to anybody else's needs. Mm, that's beautiful. Name one book that changed your life. Uh, the Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. What's one tip or takeaway? We've already talked about some, but, and you can repeat it if you want to. One tip or takeaway for the listeners. We have covered a lot. I think give yourself space to cultivate some practice that allows you to have some quiet and stillness and go within and know that if that isn't formal meditation, it's okay. That there's a gazillion ways you can do it intentional walking, journaling, all kinds of things. And just don't give up on trying to reclaim that relationship with yourself and that inner voice, because I think you have so much wisdom that'll inform you living your best life. Beautiful. How can the listeners get in touch with you? I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. I uh, I hang out on Instagram. That's my only social right now. I'm being very intentional. And you can find me at, at Whitney Woman. Um, to find out more about how to work with me for Masterminds Workshops, um, the best place is my website, which is myelectricideas.com. And then my podcast comes out weekly. It's called Electric Ideas with Whitney Baker. And that's available on you know, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts are pretty much anywhere you'd search for a podcast. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It's been a delight. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of masks off. And if you like this conversation, I would love your support and subscribing or liking and I will see you next time on Masks Off. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember... Remove your masks and create the life that you desire. Thank you.